Here we go. Boy. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? So we're back. Um, Hello, all. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, all. How are you doing? Are your speakers blown? Are your eardrums cracked? Do they burst? <laughs> With such flavor. Ew. I just thought about that. Gross. Anyways, welcome back to the show. Sorry we didn't put out an episode last week, but we were knee-deep in some redwood trails along the California coast. And it was awesome. But we're back into it. We're talking about the Camino. What is with that? What? We're back into it. I'm not being loud. You're just being sensitive. It'll sound fine. It'll sound great. It'll sound amazing. Hi guys, welcome to the Beanstalk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. This episode will be covering the next five days, which will be getting us to Santiago, and uh, we'll be covering 119 kilometers or 74 miles. Yeah, so a lot of people, this will be the end of the road for them, because Santiago is technically like the finish line for the pilgrimage, but it was not our end, so we continued on to the coast, which will be next week's episode. Yeah. But we're going to start off with day 33, where we're leaving San Mamed, and we're going to be traveling a distance of 23.9 kilometers, or 14.9 miles, and we're going to be arriving in Velacha. Yeah, so we'll just hop right back into it. Yeah. Um, so the walks that we noticed uh, at this point started going through these little towns, and it had... Uh, really pungent <laughs> and obvious smells of cow shit. You could see oh, it was bad. piles all over the little roads into the town. These didn't look like healthy cow. It was just like sprayed. Shit. Like if someone had a, sh- <laughs> a shit hose. It was horrible. I felt bad for the cows, over, so. but also bad for us. Um, Maybe there was no where they just like yeah. walked them, or like transferred them from little different gang things. Yeah, little, it was like town to town. Separate perimeters or something. You'd sometimes walk into herds of cattle and you'd have to kind of like, you know, I don't know how you are around cattle, but I was a little bit nervous at times. So I'm like, oh, walking slowly. But yeah, there, it was stinky. It was strong. It was really strong. Um, Pungent. It wasn't just like a faint smell. It was definitely. Smack you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so at the morning, um, it was really foggy at first, um, but it did burn off later on and then it did get sunny and hot. Yeah. And, um, right once we got to, uh, Saria or Saria. I think it's Saria, I think. I've heard both. I'm not sure which it is. I'm not sure. Um, but we started seeing large groups of, uh, new people because I mean, at this point it's been almost five weeks and we were pretty familiar with who's been walking and seeing a lot of familiar faces. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was kind of like the crew that had started from the St. John 
was like the crew that we had been familiar with. So yeah, but there was other people that started in like Burgos. That's and, true. Yeah. But this uh, sorry was the point where it's just this large influx of new people. Because a lot of people do the minimum requirement, which is around the 100-kilometer mark. You have to do at least 100 kilometers to get the Compostela or the... It's like the certificate at the end. Basically. Yeah, like you've completed this Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage, so here's your certificate. The minimum amount you need to do to get that. Otherwise, if you do less than 100, then you can't get it. Yeah, so a lot of... So um, a lot of people do kind of like the bare minimum. Yeah, and they say a lot of Spaniards because it's like the thing to do. In Spain, you know, a lot of uh, Catholics do this once a year. They'll do that bare minimum amount, so it's just an influx. Yeah, so we started, and... Oddly, it was, uh, it, it wouldn't be, or rarely it was just a few people. It was large groups, sometimes in a, you know, double digits amount of, you know, like in the teens of a group. And sometimes like it would be. 13 something. And sometimes it would be like a bus load. Like, yeah, the bus would just drop off a ton of pilgrims. And, there was one time where it was uh, like a bus of Asian tourists and they unloaded right at this one stop we had stopped for like a lunch or coffee or something and we were in there uh, ordering and then we just come out and it's just this like you know dozens of tourists and they're all very new because they're not looking weathered by the sun or the hike like we had been and we we actually watched a couple of them applying sunscreen in the most amount of doses that we've ever seen. It was, there was one lady in particular who had a spray can of sunscreen and she must have sprayed her face probably 15 times, I want to say. Well, she was just kind of pointing it at her face, closing (laughs) her eyes, holding her breath and just unloading. (laughs) And it was hilarious because we were just sitting outside. I think I had a beer and we were just having like a snack and yeah. some something to drink. And she just came out and was just unloading. Go, yeah. yeah, going to um, town. And there was another guy who rubbed uh, sunscreen on his face to where his entire face was white. It's like the page that we're looking at. It was like so white you could not see his normal skin. We were like, what? Oh, my God. Why? But I don't know. They were being very cautious of the sun. I, I maybe they're just really susceptible to, you know, sunburns or I, I'm not I sure. I don't know, but it seemed but, like overkill. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was it was too much. You know, it was pretty nuts. I think Spencer had tubbed all the new faces, uh, Piernas Blancas, yeah, or um, you know, white legs, because <clears throat> we had obviously been out in the sun and outdoors for quite some time to where. You know, all of our arms and legs were just super tan. Um, So it was very, uh, aside from the new faces, I mean, you could tell who was new to the trail as it was just by looking at the skin. The backs of their legs, really, when they were walking away. You're like, oh, my God, that's a fresh pair of legs. So, (laughs) whereas all the other people had really tan legs. Oh, my God, I think those. It was very obvious who had been on the trail and who hadn't. That was the tannest my legs have ever been in my life. So, yeah. And we had some sweet sock tans. <laughs> we had some awesome sock tans. That was another thing that I don't know that we had mentioned uh, in the past with walking the the Maceta stretch. It's 
there's no shade. So there was literally, you had to get really creative with your sun coverage. And I think I used like my bandana tucked up into my hat. And then also I had like a buff that I would wrap around my arm or one of my legs because literally while you're walking west, the sun is hitting you on the left side. On the left side, and that's the only side that it's hitting you on. Your other side's casting a shadow, so there's a very uh, significant um, uh, unevenness in your tan, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, so this day we're walking, and it was uh, kind of getting. I, I remember I had kept crossing Jacoby's path several times, and. Um, I just had my headphones in and was rocking out to some tunes. And so I was trying not to let the surge of new, uh, Piernas Blancas, uh, bug me. Cause you really did have to kind of weave through these big packs of new pilgrims. Um, but I, I did see that Yacobi was kind of struggling with it. And I remember as we're walking into, uh, this next town, I had asked Jacoby, I, I noticed that she never listens to music. Uh, she never had her headphones in, so. I don't think she had headphones. I don't, yeah, I don't think she brought them with her. So she was just going straight, you know, just no, no tunes at all. But I had asked her because we had started pacing up. So we were kind of walking alongside each other um, into this town. I said, hey, do you mind if I play this song? And so it was this song by uh, one of my favorite bands called Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. The song itself is called Man on Fire. And I remember us just having kind of like a moment with that song that uh, I think she really kind of appreciated that song at that moment because I think it lifted her spirits a little bit. So it was uh, it was cool. And I think that she really enjoyed the music and maybe it turned her on to a band that she uh, maybe listens to still and likes. So. That was yeah. kind of cool moment. At the end of the day, we ended up making it to uh, our albergue, which was a South African couple that was running it, and it was called Casa Banderas. And such a fun word to say, huh? Those those words to put together are just fun to say. I feel like it forces you to give it an accent. Maybe because it's Antonio Banderas, and like you know, you kind of think of him and his accent, and it's very thick. And well, like... that's his house. <laughs> Antonio Banderas's house. I forgot about that. I saw him there at dinner yeah. that night. Yeah. He was kind of quiet everyone. and just sat in the corner. Oh, he said he greeted everyone. Yeah. Damn it. Our stories mixed. Four They're not buying it anymore. So anyway, uh, um, <laughs> we had kept hearing rumors of this other South African lady because we were walking with Jacoby. Everyone kept asking her if uh, she had met this other. Oh, there's another South African named Zon and she's been walking. Have you met her? And Everyone kept asking her, and, you know, we hadn't met her yet. And so we finally did meet her here. And uh, we ended up having dinner there, which was super good. And we had these uh, green peppers. The couple was really nice. And um, we also met the hospitalero that was volunteering there, who was a guy from Greenland named Knut. And after dinner, he just shared his whole life story which was pretty powerful and emotional and it left us all pretty choked up, uh, including himself. But it was, uh, he said he had never shared that with anyone before. So it was pretty special. And we felt a pretty strong connection, uh, just from that. We were lucky enough to be at the, um, the same albergue and 
were able to connect with him enough so that he was able to tell us his really touching story. So it was uh, quite the night. It was pretty special. Yeah, and I think he also felt something with us too because we had kind of agreed that once we did get to Santiago, we had mentioned that we were going to be walking to the coast. And he said that his uh, volunteer uh, stage or phase or however long he was going to be volunteering at this uh, albergue was going to be up soon. And he was thinking about joining us then. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, you know, it was definitely one of those uh, connections that you feel with somebody and uh, we actually still keep in touch this day. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, so yeah, next day is going to be day 34 and um, we we're going to be leaving from where we were, which was Valacha, and making our way to Portos, which was uh, 21.4 kilometers or 13.3 miles. And this was the day that was my brother's wedding. Um, it started off being really foggy all day uh, until just the end of the walk. So basically the whole day, which... Led up to about one thirty or so. Um, it was pretty much foggy the whole time. Maybe set the mood. Yeah, it totally set the mood. And for some reason, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was having kind of a hard time and feeling homesick. And but I also ended up getting a blister on my left heel. My first blister. You know, we're almost five weeks in, and I had got a a blister on my left heel. And it was just weird because we were so close to the end and I was like, why now? It just seemed really, I don't know, hard to fathom that I'd gone this far and now I'm going to get a blister. But I guess it can come up at any point. And that was my day. And I just kind of physically felt a bit out of it. I think uh, I was kind of emotionally drained. So I was having a bit of a hard day that day or this day. Yeah, I I was feeling it too, but not. Because, I mean, I've known Carl's younger brother, Walter, for a while. We went to high school together, and that's kind of how Carl and I first met was through Walter hanging out um, when we were younger. But um, So I was definitely missing the fact that we were not there for his wedding, which was pretty hard. But uh, I don't think to the extent that Carl was feeling, of course. But um, it just so happened that this day my pace had kind of kept up with Zahn and I think we had stopped a couple of times at different places here or there to either like you know check our feet or get water and yeah it just so happened that we were um walking together a lot this day and it kind of seemed to me that she was just gonna be a part of the group I think that first um meeting of her at Casa Banderas we also got to know her pretty well she was uh just it just seemed like she was 100% authentic. She was just who she was. She didn't mm-hmm. care. I don't know if it's just the breed. Very similar to Jacoby, yeah. I was just going to say, I don't know if it's just the breed of uh, South Africans, that they're just very themselves, which I absolutely adore, um, that they are that kind of people. I don't know if I'm just generalizing, but it seems like if we've met a couple of them, you know, and they're both just very who they are. Straight shooters. It's just total straight shooters. I I absolutely love that in somebody. So Zahn was very much the same way, and it was really cool getting to, to know her a lot more with walking with her that day. I heard um, her story about, you know, um, why she was walking the Camino. She had recently... Uh, lost her husband and was dealing with, um, grief and 
uh, just, yeah, uh, she had quite the story to tell and she had three amazing daughters and their stories were just as powerful, um, with what they've been through. And they just seemed like, uh, kind of like the light of her life, I guess. She just, uh, it sounded like she adored her daughters so much and with reason. Um, but yeah, this was walking into Galicia or we're still in Galicia, but, um, it became more apparent because these eucalyptus trees started popping up and these big eucalyptus forests and the smells were amazing. And, uh, yeah, just the feel of Galicia started becoming more and more, um, a fixture of these walks each day. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, especially, yeah, like coming from the Meseta where everything's so barren and exposed, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in these just like lush. vibrant, lush yeah. green forests with eucalyptus trees, and it's just. There's actually humidity in the air, and <laughs> uh, it felt fresh. Quite the change of uh, terrain. But yeah, we ended up stopping in this uh, little town for coffee and breakfast called uh, Porto Marin. And so we just popped into this cafe and just happened to see our Adelaide Aussie friend, John, sitting there as well. So we kind of connected up with him and sat at the same table and caught up. And um, it was not even a minute later, we see Monica, who we hadn't seen for a while now, uh, walking down the street. Uh, we saw it from inside through the window. And, uh, she was walking with this guy and so they popped in and I guess she'd kind of explained the guy was from Ohio, but she wasn't really jiving with the guy, but the guy was kind of clingy. It felt like, yeah. so when the couch of the bathroom, she kind of took that as an opportunity to leave. She's like, Oh, hi guys. Bye. She's like, okay, well he, I, I have to go. I have to, I have to lose this guy. So yeah. it was a very quick encounter and she ended up then leaving by herself very fast. And Which makes sense, you know. I get it. Yeah, you know, we totally got it. We're like, okay, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was, I actually think it's from this uh, city that we walked into, Porto Marin, um, which I remember, we didn't write it down, but I just now, it jogged my memory. Mm. But um, it was Do one, tell. Yes, I will. Um, but yeah, there was one moment where Carl and I, I think, walked in a little bit ahead of Jacoby. And we were, um, chain, we were turning this corner and I believe that both of us did see this crazy flight of stairs mm. and it was so steep and there were so many stairs and we were just like, you know, it's just like at that point, your body is pretty used to the walking, but we're not used to stairs. Yeah, and stairs are hard on the knees, and to like to see that flight of stairs, we were just like, "Oh yeah, fuck, totally. man, this is gonna be hard." And that we didn't, you know, kind of, you know, like ready ourselves to no to tackle it from a distance. Yeah, yeah, we totally turned it from a corner. Well, yeah, I think I'd gotten there first, and I just <laughs> was like, "Oh my." God. God, and then I turned around. I was like, I gotta see Jacoby's face for when she sees. We both it. did this, and yeah, so I yeah. pulled out my camera because I was like, I want to see Jacoby's face when she turns the corner. Yeah, what's her reaction gonna be like? <laughs> so I, I like captured the moment of her turning the corner, and she looks all determined, and she's got like her trekking poles up, and then like you Jaw can drop. see the moment that she stairs and her eyes are just like looking up because it's like straight up and she's just like 
oh, and her face was priceless because she goes, yay, <laughs> like, oh, goody, uh, facetiously, but it was totally pretty damn funny uh, at that was moment. Was that sorry or was that Puerto Marine? I can't, I, I want to say it was Puerto Marine, but that might have been the walk up those stairs. That I was think really it was Saria. The one I'm talking about is Saria. Um, we can just sorry, sorry, just kidding. Um, later, <laughs> so yeah, but um, we caught up with uh, I think Monica, yeah, in a small true, yeah. town later, um, just before the end of the day, and she was back with the group um at the same albergue we we all stayed at this one that was kind of crazy we called it the ant albergue because there was this gigantic uh like iron or some sort of metal uh ant statue um or sculpture i don't know what the fuck you'd call it yeah, but it's this giant ant yeah figure out in front of it and um i Even think like business cards had little ants on it and... yeah and it was really cute actually it was, it was nice yeah. it was really nice uh they had a little bar slash like kitchen in the front they had a and... cool like courtyard dining area outside yeah it was gorgeous and then like the wine that they served was really good yeah. and the food was like just super it felt like authentic home cooking and yeah, it was pretty nice. It, we all just like had a dinner together. I think it was Zahn, Monica, Yakobi, Carl, and I, and we just really uh, it was a nice little little bonding dinner that we had there at the Alberga. Yeah, it kind of felt like the family was back together. Yeah, it felt good. So yeah, we were really liking our our group. And uh, on the inside, they had this big world map, and you know, it had little pins in it from you know people from wherever. Uh, I feel like the pins were out, but we, uh, obviously there was this blank space where Boise, Idaho was. <laughs> so, uh, I think I just wrote our names, Carl and Whit, where that was. And that's still there. I'm told. Yeah. I, um, I saw it almost a year later. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, after dinner, uh, I was kind of still having a hard time. Uh, I was feeling kind of bummed out and having a FOMO, you know, homesick moment. Uh, cause Walt's. Given the time change, Walt's wedding was about to start, and um, so I was just kind of thinking about that and kind of having a hard time because there had been a lot of issues I'd been working through and uh, past stuff I'd been dealing with that would uh, come up, and and then for Walt's wedding, and I was just kind of missing family at this point too, so yeah, I just had a bit of a hard evening, but I guess it was expected. Part of the game, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think FOMO, we learned, because I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, until... people started, there were, I think it was the Aussies thing. No, and it was Yacobi. Was it her? Yeah, Yacobi like... kept saying FOMO, and I was like, what the fuck is FOMO? Yeah. And she was like, well, you guys weren't around, and I was away, and I had a fear of missing, it's fear of missing out. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, that makes sense. But it was funny, because she would always be like... I want to walk alone or I'm going to crack on. And then she'd be like, oh, I had FOMO. I'm like, well, then quit running off. <laughs> and I think I remember, I was like, what the fuck is FOMO? That's what I just... thought. But then she Did told I hear us. her right? Am I missing something? No, yeah, she said FOMO a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so... Oh, I already talked about that shit. All right, so we're moving straight on to day 35. <laughs> so that's it, day 35. <laughs> and cut. I guess that was kind of out of order. I know. Sorry. I kind of no, jumped ahead. doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, Portos to Boente. And 
It's 25.8 kilometers or 16, 16, 16 miles. Um, that was 16 miles. So, yeah. And um, we got up super early this morning. Uh, it was still dark when we left. And it was super foggy. It was one of the few mornings where we had to use the headlamps. Yeah. And um, it was pretty uh, heavy mist or just it was really damp out. Mm -hmm. And we had stopped for coffee. And I think with us knowing that we were all getting to the end and I had just been dealing with, yeah, like Walt's wedding, my brother's wedding. And just going through everything, I think we were all feeling a bit mentally drained at this point. Yeah, I think all of us had a moment this day where we were all just like, man. I think we'd all been working through issues, yeah. um, which is good and it felt healthy, but it definitely takes a lot out of you. It does. So I think uh, the whole group, it but, felt like everyone was kind of going through. But it's nice, too, because like when you're going through that stuff and you can tell that others are going through that stuff... There's almost this sense of, like, support. But, totally. But it's, you don't even have to talk. No. It's like you just know. Yeah. So, I remember, like, sitting down at a table or something, and I had seen, like, an expression on Jacoby's face where I was like, I've totally been there. And so, I, you could, like, say maybe one or two words, but you didn't even have to, like, bring up the issues. You already knew that what they were going through as far as like mentally where they're at and you need to like just chill and you don't need to talk to anybody. You don't need to say anything. It was like, it's like this weird little support um, system where it's no words need to be said. Yeah. Well, that's why there's such like a strong and, you know, just connection with everyone because you've been walking with these people and you see the expressions as you go throughout the Camino yeah. on their face, whether they're laughing or whether they're smiling or whether crying. they're deep in thought <laughs> or crying. Yeah. And you see that through everyone. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but I mean the team that you make, yeah. if, you know, whoever that may be. So later on, it's like just looking at their face, you know exactly where they're at. Yeah. And sure. um, yeah, it's very apparent and. But it's nice, you know? It's, yeah. It's totally cool. It's like this pilgrim thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you wouldn't be able to fully understand it unless you've done it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. It is kind of I mean, hard to explain. I feel like I'm reiterating the same shit. Right. But. So there were uh, still a lot of large crowds of new faces, and it was kind of hard to get used to um, because we've been walking for so long. And I know that um, it was it was weird because you kind of felt like the newbies that were there, I want, I don't want to say you like held grudges to them, but kind of though. you kind <laughs> you were just kind of like, all right, move out of my way. I've been doing this for a fucking long time. I yep. need to get Poser. past. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I try, I tried to work past those feelings, but I would be lying yeah. to say if they weren't there initially. Yeah. It's like you didn't want to have them. No, not at all. I'm like, whatever. They can do this for you the amount of time. They want. Right. Yeah. But it's like, move out of my fucking way. I've been walking <laughs> for a long time. But, um, it also felt weird because it made you feel that much more accomplished in what you did. Like literally I, felt really proud of myself yeah. and I think it had been a long time that I hadn't had those kind of feelings towards myself. Mm. It was, it's weird to say, but like, you like know, reconnecting with yourself. Yeah. It's like this reconnection. And then also I'm really proud of what I'm doing. 
even if it is just walking each day. Yeah. You know, I've covered this like country. I've almost walked across this entire country. Right. That um, is something, yeah. you know. So you just felt pretty proud. And I, I think too with. Uh, just seeing all the new people, it was like you knew that you had gone through so much stuff and you were like forever changed yeah. from what you had accomplished. And with these new people, it just felt like they just wanted the compass. They just wanted that piece of paper. Yeah, I got And it was like with way. the four or five days that you're going to, you know, make it to the end, like you're not even going to work through stuff. It felt yeah, like. Yeah, it felt like they were It's weren't... like you're not even going to get accustomed to walking yet and yeah. you're already going to be done. So. It just felt like they, it totally is generalizing, but it just felt like they weren't in it for what the Camino really stood for. Either that, or I just felt like they were going to miss out on what the Camino is. Yeah. Like they weren't going to reap the rewards of going through those very crucial, I feel like, processes. Totally. Of the beginning, getting used to your body, the middle, like getting used to your mind and like working through issues and then the end of like having that kind of spiritual, uh, enlightened kind of lifted state, um, this like almost blissful state. So it was, yeah, it was this whole weird, but like you also are having this blissful state and this like enlightened state. So you kind of have to work through those initial human reactions of like those pity judgments, you know? Yeah. So, but it was, it was interesting, but this was also a time that I found, I found kind of funny that I was becoming more and more accustomed to my walk and my stride. This like at the end of it was when I actually started finding my groove as far as like my walk and pace. my pace. And I, I just literally felt like my body was yeah comfortable with doing this and I was going fast in your element (laughs) I was in my element I was like all right man I'm ready to walk whereas before that I was like oh my god I'm so sore when I wake up and okay let's go but I mean it was just like bam I'm ready to go and when I was walking I felt like on a cloud or something I don't know it's hard to explain as well but you got to like, do it, folks. That's all it is. I was like at the end of it, and I'm like, oh, I could just keep walking. Like, why does this have to come to an end? But it was pretty cool. Yeah. So um, at this point, too, uh, we booked ahead at this albergue in Boente. Um, and it's a pretty good idea just because of the influx of all these large groups and because of just year to year, the number of people attempting to do this or joining this or you know, trying to do this is just growing at a pretty large pace. And that is the French route though. That right, is the one right. that's growing, I think the fastest and having Definitely. the most, most popular. amount of people right now. So yeah. yeah. So it's a good idea for at least this point on from Saria. So is to start booking ahead. It was getting busy. Uh, just cause it's hard if you get to one place and they're all booked up and then, you know, you're pretty knackered by the time you get to, where you mentally have it set that you're going to end is like where you want to end. Yeah. It's just if you get there and you're just burnt and then it's like, Oh, well, sorry. You have to go three, sometimes five, seven, 10 K to the next place. And you're like, are you kidding me? I was so ready to be done. Excuse me. I have to walk how many more (laughs) kilometers. Yeah. And then, you know, it could be like that place could be booked too. And you just keep having to like, that's not do these little, well, not little, but you know, it's like, at the end, every K seems like it's 
brutally long. Yeah. So anyway, it's a good idea to start booking ahead from this point just to ensure that you have a place and where you're going to be getting to will have a spot available yeah. for you. And I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but it is um, – I know we had mentioned that there are bikers, like bicyclists on this way. People, the pilgrims who are on foot are the ones who are always given priority at albergues before bikers, which is totally fucking right. It's a lot easier to get on your bike and travel 10K than it is to walk it. So they want to make sure that all the pilgrims who are on foot get a bed before bikers. So that's pretty nice that they do that at the albergues. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, at, uh, at this point, we had had some conversations with Monica, and she seemed, uh, she was kind of relaying to us that she was going through some family issues, and she had to leave to get to Santiago a bit earlier just to end, uh, so. Yeah, we didn't ask questions, you know, we didn't really want to get into it, and I don't think she was willing to share it at that time. I think it was something totally hard, which is totally understandable. We just were like, all right, well, you got to do what you got to do. It was yeah. on. It was unfortunate that we had to, you know, not uh, walk in together, but, you know, it was the way that it was. The way life works. We were in this albergue together, and when we had eaten, and we actually ate in this, like, little airtight locked room that was sealed with AC. I remember this particular uh, dinner because it was so nice that the entire... Albergue was pretty open and airy, but hot as shit. And so when we when we walked into their dining room, and it was like this glass door that opened, it was this rush of AC, and we're like, (gasps) AC, and which is a rare thing. It's so rare. God, was it? Oh my god, it was so nice. And I think we all ate like ice cream for dessert. (laughs) We're like, yeah, it was a pretty hot night. But I remember waking up and Carl wasn't in his bed and there was a note written on some toilet paper. And I was like, huh? Because I would always wake him up. So Yeah, she was um, usually my alarm clock. But at this yeah. point, I was gone and there was just a note. Yeah, and so we'll have Carl tell his version of that story. But it would be day 36 that we would be walking into Pedruzo from Buente, and it's 26.1 kilometers. Uh, what? That's an eight. Oh, 28.1 kilometers. And that would be 17.5 miles. So, Yeah, so basically my experience was this is where I ended up uh, doing a night walk. Um, like she was saying, uh, it was super hot and sweaty, and I woke up just uh, just after midnight. And I was just super uncomfortable. I mean, even with the window open, um, I was sticking to my bed bug sheet, which basically in Calicia, because of the humid conditions, bed bugs tend to, or, you know, it can be an easy and quick problem for bed bugs to just go rampant. They thrive. They just thrive in those conditions. So everywhere you stay in Galicia has a disposable one-time use bed bug sheet. Yeah. So once you check in, you know, you're given your bed bug sheet and you put it on the mattress. And when you're done, uh, either you throw it away or, you know, they'll say just leave it. And the, when they clean the next day, they'll toss it. That's pretty but, nice that they take that precaution yeah, so that totally. it's not just like, oh, my God, everybody has bed bugs. And it was nice because you were like, oh, sweet. I know I'm not going to get a bed bug. Yeah, it's nice. I think so. But it was super hot and I was just sticking to my sheet and it was just gross. 
And I had noticed because we had the window open and again with, uh, I think we'd mentioned this earlier, but they don't have screens on the windows. They're just open. Yeah. So mosquitoes were flying in and I'd noticed I'd gotten bit on the hand, on the foot and my chest and I could still hear them buzzing around, but it's dark and you can't see them. And I was just not comfortable at all, nor did I want to go back to sleep and just get eaten alive. I wonder if I got any bites that night because I was Probably. Surprised. I don't know yeah, how you could avoid that. Because they love me. Yeah. So uh, so I had gone to the bathroom since I was up and then uh, I was just sitting there and just in my uncomfortableness. And I was like, you know what? I was super awake at this point. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to walk. I'm going to do a night walk by myself with, I think it was the four of us in the one room. It was, you know, me with Jacoby and Monica. And Zom. Was she in there? Oh, yeah. she was in there Zom also. Was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as cars were driving by and making noise is when I would kind of rustle my stuff together and just to kind of mask any noise that I was making. That was so funny. So I could hear like a. You're like, oh, car come. <laughs> so I'd kind of like freeze in my place and then I hear a car coming and think, okay, this is what I got to do while the car is driving by. And I would kind of rush to, as quietly as I could, kind of get my stuff together. Sneaky. To eventually where uh, I had everything together. So I went downstairs, went to the bathroom, and uh felt good. And uh, I left at about one twenty in the morning. Do you still have that note? Huh? Do you still have that note? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I thought you but, kept um, it. Yeah, so I basically, I left a note because I didn't want to just leave without any, you know, info. Of, like, I've been I'm like, what gone. the fuck? He got abducted. Yeah. abducted in the night. So uh, when I was in the bathroom, I just grabbed some toilet paper and I had that marker we had gotten in France though from when oh, we were yeah. trying to hitchhike. Mm-hmm. And Handy. So I basically wrote down what I was doing and then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I just decided to walk. So mm-hmm. um, I'll see you at the end of the day when you guys get up. So yeah, I left and yeah, it was about one twenty in the morning and uh, just super dark, but it was a clear as could be night, not a cloud in the sky and the moon was out in full so you could just see everything. And right as I was going through the town, there was this woman in this doorway uh, of her house and it was just this illuminated square doorway because everything else was dark. And she was just standing there. I feel like she was smoking a cigarette or she might have just been enjoying the night. And I don't know why this memory is just so vivid and stays with me, but it does. And I don't know, I think it's pretty cool because I just walked by and I just kept going on my way. I envision her with a cigarette because it like illuminates her face. Yeah, no, I feel like she wasn't, but I feel like she should have been. I don't know why. So she. Why do we want everybody to smoke? I don't get it. I don't know. It like adds to the element of romanticism kind of. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, with the, with it being as clear as it was and with the moon out in full, there was a lot of coverage of trees where you kind of go through these tunnel bits, uh, through this foresty bits, you know, popping in and out, but in the trees, even as light as it was, it was completely pitch black. And, uh, I mean, the trees just drowned out any moonlight at all. So I had to use my headlamp. It was because I had my (laughs) headlamp, but, and I would keep seeing like something dart out of the forest. It wasn't even like a figure because it was so dark, but all I saw were these glowing eyes (laughs) and they would just point and look at me and then they'd dart back off. And I was like, I don't even know what is out here. What was that? Um, I had to keep reminding myself that, you know, there was nothing, you know, there's no cougars or anything. 
There's no Luckily, bears. There's no, you know, wolves or something. If we were in the Pacific Northwest, that would be a totally oh, different I'd be story. Freaked. Even still, I was pretty spooked and yeah. creeped out. But uh, yeah, I just kind of had to keep reminding myself that there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna big be big okay. concern out here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was guessing it was just cats. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Which I'm sure any, if not all. Uh, that's what it was, but mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't tell because it was so dark. All I saw was glowing eyes. Yeah, so I started also hearing because it was dark and there's no one out. I mean, it was just you could hear everything. Just sound was amplified, and I could hear in the distance this music playing. I was heading in the general direction of a, where it was, but it took I mean hours to get to it. I mean, that's how you know far sound traveled in the still of the night and so i eventually got as close as i as the trail led me to it and uh, my guess is it was a wedding but i wasn't really sure it, it was i mean it was late at this point too and the sound was super loud well, they to just boom through late. the countryside yeah and <laughs> they like they start a... partying at 11 or later so, yeah i don't know what it was but yeah. i guess it was a wedding and then there was like fireworks too that hmm. i could here popping off and then I could see him too in the distance. So I don't know what was going on. Maybe That's it was some cool. sort of small festival or something. Could but have been. They like their festivals. Yeah. So um, I ended up passing through this little town called uh, Ribadiso. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but <laughs> that that's right. how it looks like it sounds. Yeah. And uh, there's this little creek and I crossed this little tiny bridge and all of a sudden, I look to my left, and there's some trees, and there's this figure in a, in a hammock. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Spencer, you know, Stephen Spencer from the States. And he had just drawn his hammock between two trees right by the river there. And uh, I just saw him snoozing in this hammock. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I wanted awesome. to take a photo, but I didn't want to wake him up because it was pretty late, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. So I kept going on. And, um, how'd you tell it was him? He was in a hammock. I could see his face. Oh, you could see his face. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was like too dark or something. Or no, something. I mean, because it was in this little town, it was right, uh, out in front of this other albergue that I found out later on. Cause Steve oh. was inside the albergue. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so there was a light and I could see that it That's was cool. him. Save some money, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he, I think he didn't have to pay. So oh, I'm sure he would. Plus, I mean, with They're it being like, right what? by this running little creek, I was like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. That is sweet. Makes my my thought was just like, oh, I hope he doesn't get eaten by mosquitoes because that was my issue. Yeah. I was didn't even think about that. Yeah. I noticed too that um, dogs are super sensitive to sound as well. And like with me walking through, it would just set them off mm. and they would just bark and i mean even from far away they could hear me and they would just start barking and would not stop and as soon as one would start it would just you know send off the siren to all the other dogs in the neighborhood (laughs) so i felt like i was like waking up the whole fucking town yeah with getting these dogs going which wasn't my intent i was trying to be quiet too but yeah kind of unavoidable it felt like yeah Um, But yeah, I was going through these really small old towns, which were pretty cool. But at night, it's a totally different setting. Mm -hmm. It's just a totally different experience because you don't see anyone out there. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to like follow the Camino markers on the trail and make sure you don't miss something. And because sometimes you'd be going for a while and you're like, I haven't seen a marker for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And I hope I'm still going the right way. And 
then eventually you'll see a yellow arrow or a Camino show and you're like, Oh, thank God I'm still yeah. you know heading in the right direction. Cause if you're not, you're like, when's the point to turn around Did to I go get back? Yeah. Am I just totally heading in the opposite direction? Yeah. So, um, it was really a reaffirming and, uh, like a, yeah, it just felt good to know that you were going still in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, for sure. You're still on the trail. Yeah. And I had heard too, I think later on, after talking about my experience with some other pilgrims, but someone was saying that there's a whole group of pilgrims that walk the entire Camino in the night. And I don't know if there's like a book or a website or something, but there's... I think that might have been Steph, because she said that it was, she, yeah, totally she walked at Steph. night a lot. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. That sounds so cool, but I never did it, because I just wanted to stay on my schedule. But... Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess there's a whole group of pilgrims that just like do it throughout the whole thing, like through the night, which... That's pretty cool. I mean, it's Even a just good... the one night, it's a totally different experience. It's a good time to walk, because you're not suffering from heat exhaustion. Yeah. Or like, you know, just like the sun and baking and... Yeah, seems like it could be a decent way to do it. Yeah, cool. for sure. So, um, yeah, while I was walking, too, I kept having these moments of, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm just going to run with it. But it felt <laughs> like uh, it was almost like a Ratatouille moment in, you know, where the evil critic takes his first bite of the Ratatouille and it just, like, has this rush of, like, a nostalgic memory where it just like shoots him back into, you know, this childish memory, which that's not what it was, but that's what it felt like was that like my soul was being rushed back into my body. It just really hit me. And I really felt like I was in the now, like I was just like as conscious as I've ever been. And I was just like in that moment. And this happened like four times and it was crazy. It was like, yeah, I don't know. Like my soul just came all the way through my being and I was just completely awake and in the now. And I just couldn't believe what I was doing. Was it like blissful? It was blissful. I loved it. Like yeah, totally. It was content. just serene, totally content. Yeah. And it was like, I could almost hear my soul coming into my body. Mm -hmm. And then when it happened, everything was just like dead quiet. And all I could hear was my feet walking on the ground over these like loose little rocky pebbles and my walking stick like sticking into the ground. And that was all I could hear. A lot of it, too, was about, like, what I was about to accomplish. And, yeah, it happened, like, four times. But it was really intense and amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I ended up stopping. Uh, I had been walking for quite a few hours at this point. And there was this small, almost like a little castle-looking place. And it had tables and chairs um, outside still. And, you know, like, they hadn't pulled them in or locked them up or anything. And I was right alongside the Camino, so I thought it was a good spot for a break. And so I just sat at a table, and uh, I had like a power bar sort of thing and some crushed pastries that I had picked up. Crushed? So, yeah, I had like a box of pastries, and there were two <laughs> left, but they had just gotten smashed in my bag. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, whatever. Can't be picky. So, yeah. So I had sat down at this table, and I was just going to uh, kind of, yeah, take a break and eat a snack of sort. And um I saw that this sensor light came on from this uh, this cafe or whatever it was. And I was like, what is that? And uh, I, was, I almost left because I, I thought it might be like someone coming out. Like, what's that noise? And I was like, 
ah, fuck it. If someone comes around, I'll just explain that I'm on the Camino. I'm doing this night walk. Just what I was doing. I wasn't doing anything bad. I wasn't like disturbing anything or being loud. But then I I heard this barking and saw this huge St. Bernard dog come around the corner. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And I was like, I hope this dog is friendly. Gulp. So, I mean, this thing was a monster. And uh, it started coming up to me. And as well as, like, I'm on his turf. This is his home. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. So I took part of my pastry and just, like, threw it on the ground in front of it as, like, a peace offering sort of thing. And um, so it ate it. And then it kind of just, like, sat there and chilled, almost just, like, feeling me out or something. And then just slowly walked back around the corner. And I was like, oh, thank God. I didn't know how bad that could have gone. Because if it had attacked me, I didn't know. I didn't want to hurt it, but I no. couldn't defend myself. You would have had to so. fight, I guess. Yeah. So I like grabbed my walking stick just in case, but I was like, "Please don't let this happen." <laughs> but it all—it was all fine. That's good. Yeah. So I just continued on in the dark, and eventually the sun started to come up, and uh, it started to get light just before this town called Salceda, where um, I had stopped at this table. Uh, just along the way uh, through this little town, because I still had the crap Camino book that I brought that you know I found out while walking that it wasn't good but I any info would have been better than you know not knowing what I was doing I was just following markers yeah it was no barely Mm -mm. Um, I just kind of was like skimmed through it just to kind of get a an idea of where I was or what was coming up and at this point too I started seeing pilgrims like popping out of albergues like just about to start their day and here, I'd been walking all through the night. Yeah, so I didn't need my headlamp anymore, which was nice. I ended up stopping at this cafe and got a sandwich and a coffee. And then I found out that they didn't have Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> I'd wanted to message the girls, you know, had you got my note? Are you up yet? How, you know, what's the plan? And so I popped across the street to this other cafe uh, that they did have Wi-Fi, but uh, I didn't actually buy anything, but, um, I did message with Andy Kobe just to let him know, you know, this is where I'm at. Did you get my note? Just to be clear, you know, in case for whatever reason, I didn't see it. I'm fine. I'm, I'm here and I was doing a night walk. So, yeah. And I think that, so it was kind of weird getting up and, you know, obviously unsettling seeing that Carl wasn't in his bunk. And I was like, Oh, what the shit? Cause I literally, was his alarm clock and I think for almost the entirety of our trip I was your alarm clock <laughs> yeah pretty much for um, the most part anyway so yeah I just I like to be prepared and I'm I think I wake up easily <laughs> as opposed to I done good I snuck out <laughs> but yeah he totally snuck out we did not suspect anything or hear anything so everybody was like what really and almost like it was weird but I can kind of get where they're coming from. But the girls were more concerned for me. They were like, are you okay? Like, are you upset? Or are you concerned? And I'm like, no, I don't care. He left a note. It said that, you know, he just was hot and he wanted to keep walking. So I was like, you know, it was a little bit different not walking with you or waking up with you or getting going with you and stuff. But I understood. And I was like, okay, whatever. And, uh, yeah, they were just a little bit more concerned that I was, I was going to be more concerned, but I think they were surprised with how kind of, I guess, independent we are from one another, but still, I mean, we're not 
We're not, we're not like relying on. We're not so codependent that we're like, oh my god, what's happening? Yeah. When he's gone. So, um, but yeah, so I started walking, and it was still dark when I started walking. So I started with my headlamp, and there were I think Yakobi and Zon were paced together, so they were ahead of me a ways because they left before I did, and. Um, there were some times where, kind of like Carl was saying, there were long stretches of times where you wouldn't see an arrow or you wouldn't see a shell. So I remember a few times on this way that I was like, oh my God, am I fucking lost? And I think I turned back once, but then like had to reassure myself, no, just keep going, you know? And so uh, luckily I was able to st stick with the path and I remember that exact feeling of being like, oh, thank God, a yellow arrow, or oh my God, there's a scallop shell, yay. It's such a relief. It is, yeah. it's such a relief. It's like one of those just like, oh, thank God, you know, you're... Because your worry slowly starts to build, yeah. and then as soon as you're you like, get that, lost? it just like washes all that away, and you're yeah, fine again. it's super nice, but um, I remember along this way, and it must have been those little, the glowing eyes that you were you were seeing, um, there were several small little kittens that were amongst these forests that we were walking in, and you could tell that they were lost. Um, and oh my god, I, my heart broke. I wanted to shove four or five little baby kittens in my backpack if I could, or ha like hand hand them, uh, hold them in my arms and just like walk with them because I felt so bad. They just were like whining and uh, I think several of them kept following me for a little ways and I, it broke my fucking heart. So I just cried for like half the morning, like trying to get away from these little kittens because I couldn't do anything. You feel like totally helpless, helpless and you really hope that, you know, maybe someone will find them and take take them in or maybe they'll be able to survive but you yeah. have no idea you just have to let go that nature is a cruel place sometimes and you have no control over whether animals live or die so mm. it's just one of those reaffirming you know moments of like oh death is a part of life you know let go of it but luckily, um, I passed over this bridge and into this town, and uh, I heard the cacao, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, good, coffee break. And so I went into where uh, Yakobi and Zahn already were, and I think even Laura and Julian kind of were coming in when we were going out, but we all uh, kind of had this breakfast and bonded a little bit more, and um, I, I think I walked more with with Zahn this stage and, uh, got to know even more of her story. And it was nice that, uh, it was just one of those, you get to know people more and more, the more you walk with them. So that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, anyway, my, uh, when I left that night or, you know, whatever, one twenty in the morning, my initial thought was that I would like finish the Camino and I would get to Santiago. Um, but as I was walking, I ended up changing my mind, which I was glad <laughs> I did. Thank God. What the fuck? Um, You're like, all right, wait, I'm in Santiago. Yeah, I'm done. Where no, you guys, I'm done. Where are you guys, you guys at? I'm like, what the fuck? That would have made it a crazy long distance, though, <laughs> so too. And um, yeah, I'm just a weird... But I did thing. change my mind, and I wanted to end it with uh, how I started it, which was, you know, alongside Wit. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> how sweet. What a nice guy. My God. <laughs> 
Just teasing you. Uh, But yeah, I I, uh, hadn't really thought about it until I started getting light out because I could actually more so focus on my thoughts than than being creeped out and trying to figure out where the hell I was going (laughs) and that I was going in the right direction in the dark. But I hadn't remembered, or uh, you know, I was pretty sure, but I wasn't 100% of where we had talked about staying for the next stage, uh, which Alberga or town. Um, and it, my book wasn't help at all. My guidebook, uh, I, th- I thought it was Salcedo, but, um, which it turned out it was, but I wasn't sure. So, um, I did mention previously that on the day getting into Santiago, I wanted to do, you know, no more than 20 kilometers to get in. I wanted to have like an easy day into Santiago and, uh, with where I was in Salcedo, I decided that I would continue on a bit further I had seen that in my guidebook, you know, whether it was right or not, that Salceda, uh, if we had stopped there, it still would have left 25 kilometers to Santiago. So um, I decided to keep walking. And, um, yeah, after the realization of me, I was just, like, in the zone. I was just, like, with these spiritual moments that I've been having and how grateful I was and just this utter deep bliss that I was feeling. I was just super just content and really, really in the moment. So from there on, I was just like enjoying every step and I could see things now, you know, cause it's not dark and I'm not just in shadows. And I was just walking through these eucalyptus groves and everything was foggy still. And the smell was so nice. And yeah, I was just totally enjoying every moment. I had made my way and uh, just really a nice slow pace into this next town called Pedroza. 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 Is that what it is? I think so. All right. Um, but it was still foggy at this point, too. And uh, I popped by this cafe that said no Wi-Fi. So I just kept walking towards the center of town, which was off the Camino Trail, but not far. And um, the next... Uh, cafe I stopped at actually had Wi-Fi and uh, I got into contact with Yacobi, which was nice, um, but I still hadn't heard anything from Wit. Well, she had a cell phone. I don't have right. a cell phone. Yeah, so... She could get a message from him while from, walking. While walking anytime. I can't. I have to be connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah, so, so... that was why she was kind of in communication with you. The and which day. was why I messaged her in the first place. But it, figured, it worked out because we were, like, in the same pace the right. whole day. So we just you know, were like, oh, okay, he's here. We'll walk there. Yeah. yeah. So um, it felt good just to be in connection and uh, just, you know, they knew I was fine. So there was no worries there. And uh, she had mentioned or, you know, confirmed that we had planned on making it to Salceda and that uh, Pedroza was a bit further. But uh, they were up for going the extra distance anyway, so it was I don't fine. know how up we were for it, but yeah. we just had no fucking choice because you were already there. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, shit. Okay, we got four Well, you didn't have to. Dollars. I mean, no, I you could have just but... had an earlier morning the next morning, and I could have just... No, we wanted to be with our pie. So, um... Or my pie, but their buddy. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I was in Pedroza, kind of just looking around for an albergue. And Pedroza. Pedrozo. I like Pedrozo. 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 <laughs> so I was in Pedrozo. Pedrozo. And uh, I thought I had found this really nice albergue, but it, uh, it didn't open until noon. It was only 10 in the morning at this point. So I had a couple hours to kill. So I just kept going up and down the main street, seeing if you could 
if I could find anything nicer. I couldn't, I mean, that was the nicest one I had seen. So I decided to just wait it out at this cafe where I just had more coffee and a pastry as uh, I needed it. jacked. Yeah, I needed it. I was getting pretty <laughs> tired at this point. It was a pretty really long stage sleep. to do in the bar, in the dark, in the bark. <laughs> in the bark of the tree. In I the bark of the tree. I was doing this. In the bark of the dogs. So, uh, so as I was just in the cafe waiting for the alberga to open, I was just messaging a bit more with Jacoby. And, yeah, so then I eventually just went back to the albergue around, like, 1120, I think. And there was also, at this point, a family of five waiting out front, too, for it to open. So we were just kind of waiting out front for this place to open up. And uh, it opened a bit early, like, 1140. And it was super nice. And I was so glad that uh, I made my way here as well as picked this spot. It was one of the nicest albergues that we saw. Oh, my God. I was, like, stoked just walking in. Yeah. But it was actually cool inside because it had AC like throughout the entire place. I mean, even where you slept, there was AC. I was like, oh, for real? This <laughs> yeah, is going to be awesome. What? Uh, it was clean. There was like this Zen plant area. Yeah, it was, like, had this little water feature in the middle totally. that was surrounded With by like glass. With like a skylight. And yeah. It was like this chill piano music playing. Oh my and God, just like walking heaven. in, I was just like, this is perfect. Yeah. So, uh, so I showered and did like the daily laundry stuff, the usual after walk routine and, uh, just kind of settling in and, you know, other people started showing up around two o'clock and uh, I remember Zahn was especially excited about (laughs) this place I picked and she was just like, Oh my God, this place is lovely. (laughs) And, uh, so, I mean, I was stoked too, but she was especially excited. And just knowing that we were this much closer to Santiago and the next day was going to be more of a breeze was a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. Oh, do you want to? Go ahead, okay, yeah. Okay, because you've talked enough. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'm like, hey, motherfucker. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so we had, all, like, everybody was in this town. It was pretty cool because we knew that, you know, the next day was going to be all of our walk into Santiago. Because yeah. it was short Final enough. Day. So it was cool that um, everybody was there staying in this one town. And it was me, Carl, Jacoby, Spencer, and Steve, and Zahn, and Laura, and Julian. Um, I think they were staying somewhere else. And I don't know that they had dinner with us. But we saw them and we are like, They were still ah. Pedroza. Pedroza. And yeah. so, yeah, we all had dinner together at this uh, one cafe across the road. Got and a big table outside, so yeah. we were all at this big table. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And so I, I remember um, there was this one waitress was a little bit snarky, but in a good way. Not in a way that we were like, hey, you know, what the fuck are you doing? But in a way that was, you know, kind of funny. And she was slightly flirty with Carl, which was kind of fun, too. Because it was just funny seeing you kind of get hit on by a waitress who was also snarky. But um, (laughs) so the dinner was pretty good. And I think that all of us, you know, had a good old night. And I even remember, like, I think Steve paid for the whole thing. Steve paid for the entire meal for everyone. He's such a nice guy. And yeah. I couldn't, yeah. Thank you, Steve. It was a big group, too, man. (laughs) It was a big group. Yeah, thanks, Steve. That really. Yeah, and so he was even, like, buying us uh, bottles of wine and stuff. And Yeah, it was, like, so, yeah. no holding back. No. Was, I think, too, because it was, like, the last yeah. night before Santiago. Yeah, it was pretty cool. 
Yeah, as we were eating dinner, we saw Monica just up the road a bit, and she had like uh, she popped out of somewhere. I don't even remember where, but all of a sudden we just saw her, yeah, and she and had her backpack, and she was hopping in a cab. Yeah, we were all kind of like Monica, like we waved, like a we're all times. here. And then but she just like popped in a cab and like bounced. It seemed like she was kind of in her own world. It almost felt like she was flustered, or yeah. it could have had something to do with what she was dealing with at right. the time. But we had no idea. We were just like. Hey, and then we, and then she was like, didn't say anything. Okay. So that was just kind of weird. It was just weird. Yeah. But we knew she was dealing with shit. So we were just like, okay, well, hopefully she's okay. And you know, whatever she's dealing with, she'll get done, you know? Yeah. Whatever it was. I mean, that's her thing. Yeah. But Uh, I think we found out later that because she had to rush to Santiago to deal with the family issues, to get out of town fast enough She took a cab um, that was just a little bit closer to the finish line and then walked the rest of the way into Santiago that night. So um, we had found that out later. But yeah, during dinner, uh, once, you know, we had eaten and everyone's just kind of hanging out, I was struggling super hard to stay awake because I was just super exhausted from the lack of sleep. And we were up for like all how the, long? Two days. Oh my God. <laughs> out for like two hours it's or if crazy. that. Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half of so. sleep or something. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, for how many kilometers or miles I'd walk collectively over the past two days on top of that. Yeah. It was easier early on when people were arriving and there was a bit of excitement in the air and yeah. uh, I was just being more social. But at this point, I was really fading. I just crashed out super fast yeah and i remember uh, we had gone back to our albergue and yakobi and i were still up and you know like having maybe another glass of wine or something like that and we uh, went out on the patio there and we saw cloud again who was our little french philosopher guy that we walked with for uh like half a day or something and we had some deep conversations with him, so we were happy to see him again, and we chatted with him for a bit, and um, just had, like, a good, another bonding moment, and kind of this, um, you know, realization that it's coming to an end, and almost like a bittersweet moment, where we were really happy that we were able to share the experience together, and that we had bonded so much, um, but also kind of like, oh, fuck, this is coming to an end. And so that night was pretty cool, um, but also I had gone to sleep and um, not realized that the next morning I was going to wake up feeling absolutely ill. Yeah. So that was not cool. I woke up just refreshing, (laughs) just... Super stoked on everything. <laughs> I think too because it was so cool inside, and yeah. uh, I could actually sleep inside my sleeping bag versus laying on top of it. Yeah, I, think I mean, this had only happened like three or four nights that I actually was able to sleep inside my bag because of how cool it was versus just laying on top and sweating for yeah. the entire Camino. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this next day is our walk into Santiago. It's July 1st, 2015, day 37. Yep, 19.8k or 12.3 miles. And uh, yeah, I woke up and I was literally um, running back and forth to the bathroom because I was physically ill. I couldn't eat anything this morning because it was just going to come out of me one way or the other. 
and I was running on complete empty. And uh, this was not my ideal way to walk into Santiago, the no. finish line. <laughs> but yeah, so I was dealing with a lot of that this morning, which was not particularly fun or yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. And then at the start, too, uh, I know that Jacoby had mentioned that she had wanted to walk into Santiago by herself. Which yeah, understandable. Totally understandable. She, I think yeah. she started by herself, too. Yeah, you know, so. Um, mm-hmm. But she had just kind of relayed that. I think she left. Uh, a little earlier. A little, yeah, just a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the day started walking through this really cool eucalyptus section. That was cool. I remember that. Yeah. Super pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we stopped at this cafe that was just after, uh, there was a tunnel that went under the road of the highway and it popped up and st- there was this big cafe with a huge seating area. I think it was a pretty popular spot for Pilgrim State breakfast and such. So, um, Jacoby was sitting there too. So we all kind of met up and had a bite to eat. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except for Whip didn't have too much. I didn't have much. I might maybe like fit in half a banana or something like that, but it was not much more than that. Yeah, and it was for me. It was really hard because, like I had said the day before, I had kind of gotten my strive. I was feeling really strong, really good, and literally, I had the uh, breath just knocked out of me. Like I could not have felt more weak this day. I was literally running on empty cause I had no food in my system. And while you're walking these long distances and still with like a pack on your back, you're burning so many calories that you need to keep replenishing those calories. Like you need to feed yourself energy <laughs> and I had none. Mm. And so literally I felt like I was, digging from the deepest bits and I and this might be TMI but several times along this walk I had to literally stop and clench because I felt like I was gonna shit my pants it was horrible like this was one of the worst days I have ever experienced on especially on the Camino if not ever it was hard yeah but um yeah so after the cafe bit Jacoby kind of left yeah. uh, first and then we didn't see her until we were in Santiago yeah and at I, this point. I remember this day I can't remember I mean I'm sure I was in just a shit mood because I you know was going through what I was going through and I think there was a moment where I might have snapped at you and then you snapped back and we just ended up getting into a little tiff I think for just how high I was and for how low you were yeah. it just kind of like didn't mesh so yeah for sure it was almost inevitable that you know it's just gonna turn into a bit of a tiff but then I mean because I knew we were walking into Santiago I wanted to just amend but I think because the tiff had happened that brought you to a oh fuck kind of low well I think because you were in such a down mood and I had been trying to like lift your spirits and stay in this good mood and you just weren't having it because you were so in this shitty state yeah um that i was like you know what that's fine i'm over it i'm just gonna start focusing on myself then and just enjoying the moment and yeah it just turned into well i guess you could say that but i was trying to after the fact lift you back up and you weren't having it either 
So I'm just saying, <laughs> you put yourself in a low and you couldn't pull yourself out. I didn't put my try to focus on myself and I was like, you know, that's fine. I'll give you space and I, I want to be in my own happy world and you can be in Shitsville and deal with your stuff. Okay. Well, anyway, we can both disagree or agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, anyways, so while walking into Santiago, it was, uh, <laughs> not our ideal or well, we expected, were in the best place. <laughs> expected place that we were going to be in. But yeah, I think that while we were getting into Santiago, uh, it was this kind of vibrant energy. Uh, Santiago is a very special place. I think just because it is the um, finish line of this pilgrimage. It is where so many people look forward to getting after these long days, um, weeks, months, or however long they've taken to get to this place it is where they have decided to end their pilgrimage or sometimes people continue on and we sure did, but um, this place in particular signifies this end. So it is this very vibrant and enthused kind of energy that all these people are experiencing all at once. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It was definitely uh, electric. I don't know. I don't know how it's else even, to I mean, it's describe so it. It's so deep. It's hard to put into words. It is so deep. If if you don't want to walk the Camino, maybe just travel to Santiago to kind of get the feel for this place because it is uh, one of a kind. I almost feel like you have to walk. You have to of course, put forth but, the energy to get there. Well, just for to, sure, but I think that you can't same. go there and not and be completely blind to it. Maybe you could, but yeah, I it, I, just to experience the energy there is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember there was this bridge that you pass underneath to get to the square Whereas um, that's where everybody like calls the finish line because right. it's right in front of the cathedral there. Yeah, it's a big open square. Yeah. And so um, we pass under this bridge and there was a woman who was pregnant and she was, um, she had a, you know, a can or something or maybe her hands out to uh, ask for money or donations or something. Um, so I, at that moment, I just felt, you know, very giving and wanting to give uh my money so i gave her whatever euro i had in my pocket but um it's weird you never really <laughs> you never know you know is is this authentic i know that in asia we experienced a lot of people who just scams and scams and so and a lot of people told us do not give them money because they are working for somebody who's fucking corrupt and have these women go around the streets, you know, with maybe babies or just begging and, and this, it all goes to this one rich, greedy fucker. So, um, it's like pimping out people in a different way. It's fucking it's horrible. Weird. Yeah, I agree. But so I had no idea, you know, what situation this woman was in or, um, what motives or whatever, but I just gave her money. But, um, it's kind of, weird that I come back a year later and I had walked the Camino again and I saw her under the bridge again and she was still carrying the bump. She was still <laughs> so apparently pregnant. She was still pregnant. Um, like, well, it's been... So I questioned it a little bit that time months. and I don't think I was feeling as giving. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we had got into the plaza, the square of the cathedral and... Um, I remember there is this strong lack of emotion. 
that I had. I just, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel content. I wasn't happy. I wasn't bummed or sad. I just, it was weird. I was just like void of any emotion. Yeah, I kind and, of felt um, the same. I noticed that on one side of the entire face or facade of the cathedral, there is just covered in scaffolding, which I hadn't expected. And does facade, does facade mean fake? Facade is like the facing or like the front. Is it? Yeah. So, but yeah, I had... I don't think it is. It is, totally. Are you sure? Yeah. Because I think, like, to put up a facade is to um, fake something. Maybe it is. But I think it's facade. Facade? Facade? I think it's facade. I'm going to plow ahead. No, sorry. I'm just like, I had that in my brain and it wouldn't go away. And I'm like, what is it? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) on the front of the cathedral, there was scaffolding. (laughs) To the important part. Which uh, I had seen photos of Liz and Christy and they had just been there like a few days before. And there was no scaffolding. We so, followed them the whole way. Yeah, because they had been ahead. So there was just a few days ahead the whole time because they had, like we had mentioned previously, they had booked everything ahead. So yeah. like, oh, cool, they made it. There's a cathedral. Um, mm-hmm. No scaffolding. But we walked in and it was covered on We're one like, side. what? <laughs> um, another thing was like we didn't see any familiar faces inside no. the square, but it was full of people. And, I mean, there are so many different routes that come together. You know, it's like the Portuguese route or the the, the north route. Yeah, uh, the Playa uh, de Playa. Via the, de Playa or something. The one that goes like up that. through, like, southern Spain. So, anyway, they, they yeah. all come to meet at this one place. So, there's all these different pilgrims. But we had been on it for so long and didn't see anyone. It was like, weird. We're like, yay, we're here. And looking around. And then there's like, where? where's yeah. our family? Where's you our know? Camino we thought maybe to bump into Jacoby or Zone or Monica or somebody, and, and then it uh, was just us. And we're like, oh. There was a small, like, train, trainy sort of car. It was like a vehicle, but shaped as a train. You know, something you'd see at, like, Disneyland, <laughs> where they would drive around, and there'd be, like, these little cars, <laughs> and they were dropping people off at the base of the cathedral, and, like, you couldn't even walk from your hotel or wherever you're staying to see this place, so you had to take this little thing you know, we've been walking now 37 days to get here and you can't, I don't know. So I was just like, there's a lot of expectations that were dashed and, um, which was a big lesson, you know, just to not have any expectations ever. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really care about the train thing as much as you did, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. And I mean, it was just this initial feeling, but uh, in hindsight, it was really about the journey yeah, totally. of getting there and not the destination. Well, and that's the... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I had thoughts like early on, maybe a week in, about just getting into the square in Santiago. And I would start to tear up and get emotional just about thinking mm-hmm. about getting there. Yeah. And now that I had walked in and I just I didn't feel anything, it was it was a weird feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, come to, after all of our travels were, you know, completed, it is really about the journey. And when you do expect things, you are going to be let down because they are never going to be the way that you expect. They won't be met. You have quite this imagination and you can assume anything is going to be a particular way from what you've heard people tell you about it. But everybody has different 
um, they're all going into it with a different perspective. So um, to try to expect something to be a certain way is just unrealistic. So I think that for us, we were expecting it to be this very big emotional moment and just like, oh, you know, wow, we're here, yay, and big and over the top, but um, to expect it and then to walk in, you're just like, oh, well, this isn't the way I had thought. Yeah. And so I think that we, both each of us were kind of experiencing that. And I know that from me, after the day that I had, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm here. I made it. I need to sit down. I'm fucking exhausted. And yeah. so I think that we had sat kind of up against this wall or whatever. And we both took off our shoes and socks and just were kind of chilling. And me, I, um, I was sitting there and I kind of had my knees up and my arms resting on my knees. And I was just kind of watching the pilgrims, you know, kind of emotionless, like Carl was saying, just being like, oh, this is it. Okay. Hmm. And I remember something kind of fluttering or buzzing in front of my face. And I'm like, what is that? And I thought it was a fly or a bee or something. So I just kind of like, I swatted and then it flew back and uh, I swatted again. And then it kind of flew back. And I was just like, what the, what is this? And it had landed right on my hand. And it was this little butterfly, this little like brown kind of uh, purple-ish butterfly. And I had never had like a butterfly land on me before. But it had just sat there and it was like staring at me, <laughs> which I was like, that this is odd. And I it had like rushed back this, um, like it flashed before me the entire pilgrimage that I had just walked and how many times I had seen butterflies. And to me, it was uh, almost like a switch that flipped where it was just like, everything's all right. Just be cool with the moment. Be chill with the fucked up day that you just had. Think about the journey. And literally every time that I had seen a butterfly or butterflies, um, it like lightened my mood and allowed me to just be okay with the moment. So it was, I don't know, it was like this really emotional kind of cool moment that I had. <laughs> Sorry to get emotional. It was special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the exact the exact same thing happened and I just started sobbing. And it was like this release of emotion or expectation or any um any built up uh, feeling that I had and that connection with that tiny little, tiny little creature was just like love like for me it was just this completely okay to feel anything that I did and it really did take me back to how amazing that trip, that pilgrimage, that journey was. It was probably one of the most um, enriching experiences that I've ever had. And yeah, it was just amazing that for me, I didn't see that until this little thing. <laughs> like, 
had this moment with me and it, to me that's that's spirit that's love that's this universe that's this connection that we are kind of all one with each other and in it together and it was a pretty significant moment to just be like hey nope get out of your <laughs> little expectation funk and allow yourself to just be and it was pretty cool it was pretty pretty amazing so pardon my emotional outburst but yeah yeah it was pretty awesome yeah, I definitely didn't have that. <laughs> I was just like, after a minute, yeah. or, you know, I think it had been like 15, 20 minutes. I was just ready to go. Yeah. Uh, we still hadn't seen any faces. And after just witnessing what I had witnessed, I was just like, I was ready to, well, let's, <laughs> you ready? <Yeah. laughs> you ready? Let's go. So, I'm uh, like, oh. So we had left uh, the plaza or the square to basically, yeah, try to find a albergue. And uh, there's this lady that came up to us as we're <laughs> uh, obviously pilgrims. And she was like, oh, do you need a place to stay? It was almost like she saw us from across the way and she was like, she gave us like a nod or like, hey, you, come here. It just felt very and like, secretive what? and like, like we're like, doing something sneaky you. around. And she almost like whispered it to us. You need a place? And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for a place. She's like, I got a place. I got a place. You it's down this way. You want to follow me? So yeah. we were like, all right. Oh, um, okay. Well, let's see. We knew how hard it was going to be to find a place there to stay because it's this influx of pilgrims and so many people need a place to stay. And so we were like, oh, well, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll need a place. So um, <laughs> she, we ended up walking, kind of meandering down the streets and alleyways and uh took her what looked like her house and she was like so this is the bedroom and this is the kitchen and we were like this is it was, it was i think i remember it being like a twin bed or something she's like when you can sleep on the floor and you're we like fuck this and we kind of went and it was almost like a seedier part of town which i was like oh i didn't expect this to be here in santiago yeah it was oh, yeah. it was weird it didn't it feel odd. right Felt and like a drug so deal. we were just like you know what yeah well We'll get back to you. Thanks for um, showing us this. We're going to we'll, take off now. We'll go check out other options. So. Yeah, so we, <laughs> yeah. it didn't feel right and it no. didn't look right. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm not sleeping on the floor after all this. <laughs> we we want to, like, treat ourselves to a nice You know, we day. earned, you know, a bit yeah. of comfort for tonight. Bit, so. yeah. I mean, fucking Zon stayed in the Parador for <laughs> fuck's Yeah, sake. which is, like, the nicest place there is. It was awesome. I think Monica did, too. Or no, that's what I meant. It was Monica that stayed in oh. the parish. I don't know where Zon stayed. So anyway, we left and ended up finding a different place. Yeah. Which was way nice. Way nicer. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, not the Parador or some five-star thing, but, you know, yeah. we had a nice bed, our own room. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was really comfy and clean. Yeah. But that, um, that night, everybody was in town, so it was kind of like a party, man. Let loose. Let's all celebrate. And some people had to leave the next day or some people weren't going to continue on. So we wanted to make the most of this moment and try to hook up with as many people as we experienced this awesome way with. We had the crew. We had the crew. Zon had recommended this tapas bar. It was awesome. So uh, we all met there. So yeah, yeah, it was the both of us. There was Jacoby, Monica, Stephen Spencer. Spencer? <laughs> Don't know what. What was that? Yeah, Spencer. Steven you might Spencer. want to consider changing your name to Spencer because it sounds odd. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Canute had even met us there. 
Uh, our pal John from Adelaide was there. Laura and Julian. Uh, Gemma, Dave, and Amber were there. Yeah, there everybody. Was Ashley Seriously. from Brisbane. Zahn was there. Uh, Santiago was there with his family. Mm-hmm. And then there was this other couple there, Rick and Mary, that we had kind of crossed back and forth for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was pretty awesome. So we all had, like, just this huge table with everybody. Oh, yeah. We just, like, filled up half of this topless bar, and we were just, like, going to town on the food and the wine and getting kind of rambunctious a little bit relishing in the moment (laughs) i think uh spencer might have drank a little bit uh, spencer was letting loose (laughs) he was letting loose it was fun though him and i guess um laura had gone to the same college so he was like singing their like alma mater or you know fight song i don't know i never went to fucking college i don't know what the hell but yeah so they were like singing some school song and getting into it and it was pretty cool but yeah, and then I think later on we went out to a bar. Even yeah, I had had a really good chat with Dave, uh, yeah. Amber's boyfriend, and uh, we had just really hit it off and gotten this, you know, deep and meaningful conversation about yeah. kind of his story, which was awesome. And yeah, it was cool. Felt really cool that he was sharing that. And, it was nice to reconnect with Gemma too, because yeah. we hadn't seen her for s- several weeks. It seemed it like had since been a the while. beginning. Yeah, so it was just like, oh. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, after dinner, uh, we were still in party mode, and a lot of people went back to wherever they were staying. Yeah, but yeah. We stayed out with Jacoby, who uh, I think she left after a little while. She didn't stay out as late. But no, then but... Gemma, Dave, and Amber, and us uh, definitely painted the town red or whatever. Yeah, and I, this was one night that kind of stood out in my mind because I didn't partake in the booze as much as I normally do because I just felt so shitty that day. Yeah. So I was Probably more... Good, which, good plan. Oh, fuck, yeah. But I was more sober than, you know, I would have been otherwise. But Carl got a little bit tipsy. And I remember he didn't remember where to go <laughs> to get home. So Santiago's I was like, has got I'll a lot of little windy streets. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this was kind Easy of to get lost. new to me. So I was like, no, follow me and... So we got back to our uh, our albergue that we had booked, or I think it was a hostel. Yeah, I think this was a hostel. But um, Carl, <laughs> in our hostel, uh, the window got left open or something, and there were a couple mosquitoes that flew in, and Carl was determined to uh, smush them with his walking stick on How... our very high ceiling They're while like standing ceilings. on the bed. And he was a little tipsy, so he was... Uh, tipping and it was pretty funny because he would have the stick and you'd hold it really close to the mosquito and almost have it and then go bam (laughs) on the ceiling and i would be he's making this really loud noise i'm like get down what are you doing who knows who's above us and hearing these little gun and gun and i'm like well i don't know what to say i don't want to be like bang into the loud microphone but yeah, so yeah, it was just like a vaulted ceiling, and I could see him up there. And I was like, "I'm not getting bit by mosquitoes." <laughs> we had shut the window and I think put on the AC. I think they had opened the windows. They the might thing. have, yeah. I think when they were, we were like, "Damn it, we closed it on purpose because you guys funny. don't have screens either." It was so a I was just determined night. to smash these little blood yeah. suckers before they just ravaged my body throughout the yeah. night. But yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't happening. Well. 
that was our uh, walk into Santiago. And I think on next week's uh, episode, we're going to be having the continuation to the coast. Yeah, it's kind of a small coastal loop. Yeah, and that'll be that will actually be our end to the Camino. Yeah, it will be next week's episode. Yeah, but so, that was us getting to Santiago. Yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah. My bladder is about to explode. I'm I have to pee. The verge of exploding. Oh my god! Not me first. So, All right. Well, thanks again, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. You say something. Ew. <laughs> no, thanks for listening, and we'll we'll see you next week, guys. All right, bye. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen, and feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. We'll be back next week. Same beans. Same pod. <laughs>